Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy. Good morning. Welcome back to the Lenten Podcast. Today is a good day. Do you know why? Because the Lord made it. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. I want to open in prayer this morning, so let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this day. We praise you for all that you are and all that you've done for us. Thank you for your love for us. Be with us this morning and draw us closer to you. Help us to know you more and make us more like you. Amen. Okay, so today's reading is from Luke chapter 20 to 21. And I encourage you all to spend some time reading it. But for this podcast, I'm going to primarily touch on the beginning of chapter 20, where the authority of Jesus is questioned. For those of you who, like me, are too lazy to actually read the passage before listening to the podcast, I will read the first eight verses for us. It says, One day, as Jesus was teaching the the people in the temple courts and proclaiming the good news, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, together with the elders, came up to him. Tell us by what authority you are doing these things, they said. Who gave you this authority? He replied, I will also ask you a question. Tell me, John's baptism, was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, If we say from heaven, he will ask, Why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, all the people will stone us because they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered, We don't know where it, came, where it was from. Jesus said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Okay, so we actually need to back up a little bit to get some of the context of this passage before we can go forward. So at the end of chapter 19, we read in verses 47 to 48 that the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. By him, they mean Jesus. Um, they, yet they could not find any way to do it because all the people hung on his words. So, with this context, we can clearly see that the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders did not come sincerely asking about by what authority Jesus is doing the things he is doing. They were trying to find some way to trap him in his words, with the hopes of being able to arrest him. And Jesus was very clever in the way he determined their willingness to listen to his response by asking them a question that they could not, or rather would not, answer. So Jesus was not willing to answer their question because they were unwilling to hear the answer, as they did not ask with genuine motives. Jesus understood that because they did not recognize Jesus' authority when they saw it, that there was no amount of arguing that could convince them of it. And I think sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers or doesn't speak to us when we are trying to listen to what he has to say because we are not actually willing and or ready to hear what it is that he's going to say. We either are not asking with genuine intent and desire to hear from God, or we do have that genuine intent and and desire to hear from God, but we aren't actually ready for the answer he has for us. Instead, we have a specific way we want him to answer, and we won't listen unless he answers, quote, correctly in our eyes. And sometimes we pray for things not realizing that God might actually answer, Instead, it's more of a courtesy prayer or a just-going-through-the-motions kind of prayer. And other times, we are actually testing God to see if he really can answer our prayers. And that's the problem that the chief priests, the teachers, and the elders in this story had. They were testing Jesus. 
And as Deuteronomy 6.16 says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So this passage reminds me of when John the Baptist and his disciples back in Luke chapter 7 asked Jesus almost the same question. They asked if Jesus was the one that they had been waiting for to come. And Jesus actually answers their question. The difference is that they asked with a genuine desire to know if Jesus really was the one that they had been waiting for. And Jesus answers them by telling them to report to John all that they've seen Jesus do. The blind receiving sight, the lame walking, the lepers cleansed, the deaf being able to hear, the dead being raised, and the good news being proclaimed to the poor. These are the things that were prophesied about in Isaiah 35, 5-6, which says, Then will the eyes of the blind be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. And in Isaiah 61, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And it goes on from there. So it's pretty obvious by what authority Jesus is doing all these things. So I think a key takeaway from this passage is that our heart posture towards God matters. As Jeremiah 29:13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's a promise. The chief priests, teachers of the law, and elders were not seeking God with all their hearts when they questioned Jesus' authority. So are we seeking God with all of our hearts? Do we actually want to find him? We should. After all, he is the cornerstone, as Jesus lays out very plainly. Um, immediately following this passage, he tells uh, a parable about the tenets, where he quotes Psalm 118.22, which says, The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And later on in the book of Acts, we see Peter also quotes this verse, and he follows it by saying, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. Jesus is the cornerstone, and we must make Jesus our foundation. I think that's the first step to seeking God with all our hearts. We must first seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, the things we worry about, will be given to you, to us as well. Matthew six thirty three. And we must also learn to delight ourselves in the Lord and then he will give us the desires of our hearts. That's in Psalm 37, 4. And we must commit our way to the Lord, trust in him, and then he will act. That's in Psalm 37, verse 5. And we must know that the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. That's in Psalm 37, 23. So not only must we seek God with our whole heart, but we must learn to delight in him and to submit all of our ways, our plans, and hopes, and dreams, and desires to him. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for making a way for us to come near to the Father through your death on the cross in our place and through the resurrection from the dead. Thank you for taking our sin upon yourself. Thank you, Father, for your forgiveness. Thank you for your Holy Spirit in us. Draw us nearer to you and help us to delight in you and give us good desires that flow from our delight in you. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth and in our lives as it is in heaven. We want you, Jesus, more than anything else. Help us to seek you first always. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.